Mike Watt from San Pedro, California for Signal to Noise. This is Henry Rollins, and you are listening to Signal to Noise. Consider yourself lucky. You are listening to a presentation of the Cast Iron Ring Network. For more great content like this, head to castironring.com. Your number one source for the best music podcast on the net. All right, guys. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the Signal to Noise podcast. Uh, it's been a while, but I wanted to try and get this out. I've actually been doing a lot of podcasting lately, not just for um, this show, though, <clears throat> or just not for this show, rather. You can check me out on a, an episode of Radioactive Metal, and that's kind of why I wanted to get this out before Rock started calling me out again. And anyway, um, i got a lot of things to talk about today, so let's just kind of get into it. All right, guys, so I have a lot of, um, a lot of demos today on today's show. A lot of effects, uh, as you know, I'm sure anyone who's been listening for a while is going to recall, um, we had Caleb Cook on who um, created the germ pedal. So the germ pedal is something that I waited for, waited for, finally got it, got some time to sit down with it finally, and I really dig it. So I have some samples of that. Plus, while I was in Nashville, if you remember, I did a couple shows from there, um, I picked up a Demeter Tremulator pedal, which, again, probably one of the best tremolo pedals I've ever played. Just an amazing circuit in that, and I really love the way it sounds, so I have a couple samples of that. Um, And just some general stuff to talk about, so let's do some talking. All right, so uh, a couple things I want to keep, uh, keep you guys up to date on. There is a um, a few books that I've been checking out lately. One is the Boss book. Um, I finally found a, a copy used at a reasonable price. Um, I don't know about anybody else, but if you were looking for it after its publication, because it's no longer being published, people were selling it for 150 bucks, maybe more. And I finally found it on Google Books as a digital copy for almost say 10 or 15, which I paid. And then I was able to find it on eBay finally at a decent price, or Amazon, one of the two used. And so that's been a really fun book because it's got basically the entire history of Boss and everything. They kind of go through talking to the creator of the company and what they were thinking when they came up with different effects, you know, even right down to the circuits, the waveforms, that sort of thing. So that's been a really neat uh, read. There's a pedal magazine I'm pretty sure I talked about a while ago. I remember talking about the cost of the magazine and, you know, some people might think that cost is prohibitive uh, for a magazine. But that magazine, um, I would say it was like the guitarist guide to pedals and effects or something like that. Um, it's a couple episodes ago. But anyway, the magazine I was talking about then, there was an article written in it by Dave Hunter. And I found out through reading that article, which was a great, great article, uh, that he had a book out called Guitar Effects and Pedals, The Practical Handbook. So I bought that. I've been reading that. That's been really, really nice. It's kind of fun to... Um, to get somebody else's take on this, he examines the circuits, why certain sounds are the way they are. I'm only into the beginning, but he also has interviews with authors and things, which I can't wait to read. It's been very, very interesting, to say the least. It's been a fun book. And the last book I want to talk about is a book called um, Mixing With Your Mind. And this comes into the whole concept when you're recording of getting it right at the source. So what I want to talk about with this book is... Um, <clears throat> To do these demos, I sat down to record the guitar, and I think I've talked about this a lot on the show. I am not a guitarist. I'm a bass player. 
I'm a bass player. I've always been a bass player for my bass sound. I typically can go direct out of my head, maybe use a direct box like my uh, Sansamp DI that I have, which is kind of my secret weapon, and I get a good bass sound. I'm a very simple bass player. I don't need a lot in my chain. It's P bass to amp. That's been what I use. I mean, I do use effects pedals and things, but when I'm just trying to get a bass sound, that's all I got to do, right? That, that's all I need to do. So when it comes to getting a guitar, I've done a lot with guitar amp simulators because I can get a nice sound direct, but it's never quite the same. So when I sat down to do these demos, I found myself, as you can imagine, in unfamiliar territory. So there's a podcast I used to listen to, and Big Al, if you're listening, um, I'd love to see it come back, but it was called the Project Studio Network. Project Studio Network did about 101 episodes, and then they went off the air. Um, no real explanation why. Al's got a couple other things he does. I keep hoping that we'll see it um, come up. But Mike and Al did this great podcast, probably one of the best-sounding podcasts I'd ever listened to, let alone the content that they had in it on recording. And one of the things they talked about was a book called Mixing With Your Mind. And it was Mike who actually suggested this. And Mike, if um, you, know, you guys ever get a chance to listen to the show, he... Um, he, he was a player and, I guess, kind of habitated in the um, famous Haight-Ashbury area of San Francisco, so he was a part of that hippie movement. Um, so <clears throat> this book really kind of appealed to him, and when he started talking about these things, it made sense to me. And one of the things that he mentioned from that book was, you know, when you're looking for mic placement. They said, hey, mic placement, mic placement. Everyone's like, where do I put the mic? Where's going to be the best sound to put the mic? You know, and it, it's it's tough. You know, you 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 want to place it, you want to listen back to it. Am I getting the best sound? Am I getting what's better, what's right for for the song, for the tone? And um, the mixing with your mind book says, well, put your hand between the um, mic and the cabinet, and then you know move your hand back and forth across the speaker cone when you're playing or when somebody's playing, and when the hairs in the backs of your hands stand up, that's where you should put the microphone. I'm like, all right. So I actually tried that. So you'll hear the first four germ demos uh, were done that way. Done with a pretty hot signal. The other uh, germ demos that I got or might even just be the first three. The first three or four. But um, I, I did it that way and with a pretty hot signal. The other ones, I was trying to do things quicker, so I didn't have the time to really set up. And I should have because I'm listening to them. The samples are not as good as I would like them to have been as the first ones. Man, you guys will hear that coming through here. But um, I was really surprised about how easy it was to get a good sound quickly just by moving my hand around, kind of getting things set there, and then going for it. So I'm going to be doing a lot more with recording uh, guitar amps here in the future. I have a project that um, I'm trying to get off the ground with uh, the drummer, actually, I had on here, Chris Zaralita, a couple episodes back from Nashville where we talked about his drum kit. Him and I talked about doing um, a rockabilly project together, rather a psychabilly project for, um, you know, October coming up here, Halloween. We both have a fascination with that sort of stuff. So we're trying to get that going, and I've been working on some getting some good guitar tones. I've been using the Vox amp that I have a lot more. And um, so it's going to be interesting to see what I can come up with here and really experiment with these guitar tones. So now, well, let's talk about the pedals here. All right, so the pedals. Man, I had so much fun with this germ pedal. So for anyone who's not familiar, uh, Caleb Cook, I uh, found him on Kickstarter. He was doing a pedal called The Germ. It's hazeleffects.com. Go check it out. You can still get these pedals. You can order them uh, there. And I really do encourage you guys to go out and get one of these and support him, and that way he'll build some more effects because I think he's onto something here. So The Germ 
was his take basically on a fuzz phase circuit using the old germanium uh, diodes. Right now, his idea was, okay, I'm going to hybrid this out, so I'm going to take a silicone diode and put that where it would have been the most of the, um, doing most of the work, and then put the germanium for the other diode so I can try and get that germanium tone out of it. And I'll let you guys judge for yourself based on these sound samples I have, but I was very, very happy with it. So here's my first sound sample. Um, the first one is me playing my uh, Fender... 51. So the 51 is not from 1951. It's a pawn shop series guitar. So it was probably made within the last couple of years, probably 2011, 2012, somewhere there. Um, but it's the 51. It's the, the mishmash hybrid. So it's got a maple fingerboard on it, a humbucker bridge. And that's pretty much what I use. I use the, the bridge humbucker on that one. And, um, maple neck, it's got a lot of bite and I'm working on a smashing pumpkins riff here. So, um, let's give this one a listen. Alright, so I really like the way that sounded, um, especially that guitar. I, I don't know if the guitar just has hotter pickups than anything I played through, or maybe it's the maple that gives it the definition, but I liked that sound. Now, here's the uh, same riff with the single coil um, pickup. And now when I say single, the, the 51, one of the things I love about it is fixed bridge, so I don't have to worry about uh, messing around with trims. I'm not a trim guy, I'm a bass player. So, But it's got a fixed bridge, but the humbucker in the bridge it has a push-pull um, pot, so I can actually pull that up split out the coil and get a single pickup so I can still kind of get that strat sound so take a listen to that now So that was the single coil on the um, on the 51. And here's just some other, and I think I'm going back to, I can't remember if I had the single. Yeah, I think this is my my um, my, my single single coil pickup here, the humbucker split out for this next demo here. And I'm just trying to do some di different dynamic lines to kind of give you guys an idea of the responsiveness of this pedal. Because, you know, the first two were just me doing full out fuzz, like that big, fat, you know, um, really more like the big muff kind of sound that, um, that they had on the, on that Smashing Pumpkins record that I was, you know, uh, lifting the riff from there. But, um, it, I want to do just something a little bit more expressive so you could kind of feel the Hendrixy side of this thing. So here, take a listen to this one here. So this is, um, my third demo. <laughs> So that was the demo number three there. And again, you can just kind of hear those single line dynamics with how expressive you can get the fuzz and where you can take things here. So once I did the 51, I was going to be happy with those demos. And then I started thinking, I have that Epiphone SG. And 
the Epiphone SG would have been a pretty popular guitar back in the you know 60s when these things were the germanium fuzz rather were popular so I'm like what happens if I play that guitar through it now the SG is definitely quieter so and I, I'm honestly not sure if it was the, the way that I mic'd it maybe I should have tried to listen back and volume match better um, but I did try to boost these up a little bit but the SG is definitely a quieter guitar, so I'm not sure if it's the pickups. I know there's been some switch issues. I am really considering hot-rodding this thing out because I love the way it plays. I'm just not crazy about the sound, but I do love the way it plays. So here's the SG with the uh, humbucker and the bridge, and you can just kind of hear a little bit of this. So maybe I should have um, done a little bit more single coils as I listened to this because it's got a really big, beefy, over, overdriven sound. But hey, man, that's what I like. So check this one out now. This next demo here is just playing some chords, and I've taken the setting on the germ, and I turned the fuzz down. So I have a low dirt setting here. So check this one out. Alright, so my performance was not perfect on that, so please don't judge me, guys. But hey, um, I love the sound of this pedal. Like, the more I listen back to it, you can get expressiveness by modifying your dynamics, you know, changing up how hard I attack, those sort of things. Um, and I'm just loving listening back to some of the, the expressiveness. Because you can still hear the tone of the guitar, but just with that little bit of dirt over top of it. Now, here is um, some dynamic lines using the SG and full dirt. And this is my last germ demo we're going to use today. So check this one out. So as you can hear, this pedal goes from, okay, kind of quiet to downright mean. Um, I loved like how I could just really dig in and get even more of that in-your-face distortion sound. And it really makes me think of that Smashing Pumpkin sound. Um, I'm sure that <clears throat> I'm going to hear from John on Cast Iron Ring um, through Iron City Rocks here. Because I know he was not a grunge fan. And I, I still don't know how I feel about the grunge era. But there was definitely a lot of albums I enjoyed. I, what I missed was the musicianship of the guitar players. I, I really hated the fact that all the guitar players in interviews would be like, oh, well, I don't really practice. Or they just, they, it, it was like it was uncool to know anything about your guitar. Everybody just wanted to be like, oh, I'm stumbling through discovering stuff. Now, when you find out years later, it turns out, oh, hey, they did learn a, two, a couple things or whatever. And I'm all for encouraging people to, um, to go out and discover on their own, like learn, but for goodness sakes, like, don't be apathetic about it. But that's a whole other conversation for another day. And again, I love the guitar sound that Billy Corgan had on that. And even going back and listening to some of the Nirvana stuff. I've been watching that movie Sound City over and over, if you guys have been following my Facebook page. And, um, man, 
to, to go back and listen to some of that stuff put in perspective when they kick things in, pull things in and out of the track, pretty powerful, you know? And, and like I say, it definitely has place in music history. Still not happy with what it did to the state of guitar. Whole other thing there. But so anyway, <clears throat> that is the germ pedal. Now, I think you guys might remember, I talked about a, um, a TS9 pedal that I got. I got the, um, the Ibanez Tube Screamer, the 30th anniversary edition with all the translucent knobs. And I don't remember demoing it before, but I did have a lot of pretty pictures up and I talked about it. So here's a couple sounds from that. Now, what did I, guitar did I use here? I honestly don't know. So it's either the 51 or the SG. I'm going to go with the 51 because I just love that 51, but it could have been the SG because I might have had that handy. Uh, I didn't jot that down for myself, but so just check this one out here. Ready? All right, so that was the first TS9 uh, demo there, and let's see what else I can find here. I know I did another one with it, and um, let's see how this one sounds. So the difference between those two demos, the first TS9 demo, I had the fuzz up way harder to just see what kind of fuzz I could get out of it. Like, how is this versus an overdrive or a fuzz pedal versus the, uh, the germ, really? But the second demo that I did, the one we just listened to, that is what I love about this pedal. It's got that Stevie Ray Vaughan sound, right? It's got that very transparent, and I know people are tired of hearing that term, but I'm using it because this pedal was the first time I understood what anybody meant when they said transparent. I'm like, transparent, what do you mean? I can't see through tone. I don't get what you're getting at, right? I'm, I wasn't being able to picture in my mind. I really hadn't heard any good examples. I plugged in the very first time I sat down that pedal and went, oh, yeah. Like this, it, it just adds a little bit of bottom end. If you dig in with your dynamics, you know, hit things a little harder, then you get a little bit more fuzz, a little bit more dirt out of it. And I'm sure um, I'm not using all the proper terms when talking about these. So maybe Scott Thompson will come on and we'll talk about when to use fuzz, when to use dirt, when to use overdrive. Because I tell you, uh, the more I learn, the more I'm realizing I need to learn a lot more. So Scott, if you're listening, um, I actually do want to talk to you about doing an episode on recording techniques. Because um, for anybody else who's listening, if you don't know, Scott Thompson, who's been on this show, has his show, Focus on Metal. Him and Richie are doing that, doing a fantastic job with that show. Um, Scott and John Oliva were just talking recently, um, and boy, you guys need to hear that conversation. That's all I'm going to say. I just don't want to spoil it. It's well worth your while, especially if you're a gearhead listening to this show. Um, but I've been hearing Scott talk a lot about different recording techniques, and I think I'd like to get him on here to talk. Because as I talked about Sound City earlier, there's a lot of there's a lot of techniques that people are forgetting about with analog going away because we can do so much with digital. And I'm certainly not you know, hating digital, because I love digital. It lets me have a digital studio in my house, which I never thought I'd have, and I can actually afford it without having to mortgage my house three or four times. But at the same time, there is a magic about analog that we're losing. And it's not even this necessarily the magic of analog tape, because that, that is something that I do like, but it's the magic of the performance and the things that we had to do to correct it. 
that's what really gave us some magic. So maybe I can get Scott here to talk about that. All right. Now, I know I'm kind of rambling in and out of topics, but hey, it's been a while and I've had a lot to talk about. So last thing I want to do is play for you the tremolo pedal, the Demeter. Um, I love, love this tremolo pedal, and I have a lot of them. I think I'm going to have to do a tremolo pedal shootout. I wonder if there's a way I could actually record live. You know what? I wonder if I could record live in here with a couple of mics and a mixer. Well, let's see if I can do that. Um, but anyway, so here is the first one. I did not have time to edit this one. I realized I forgot. So we're just going to listen and see how bad it is. And hopefully it's not too terrible. So that was not as bad as I was thinking about for my edits. Um, and so you can hear I had a little bit of fuzz. I'm going to say it was probably the, um, the TS-9 with that Demeter Tremolo. And you can hear just how nice the swells are, are on that. And then here's my last Demeter demo. Um, and I'm pretty sure this one's clean, but hey, we'll give it a listen here. All right, so I had a lot of fun doing that. Um, the song I was working on there was a little bit of Crimson and Clover. I think that's the song that really turned me on to tremolo. I love tremolo pedals. Um, and going back to the last episode I did, episode 22 with Joe Cardamone, let me tell you, man, talking to that guy was a great time because, wow, he, he just, he has that analog sensibility. And I'm certainly not hating on digital, but... It's all about the performance and not what can I edit. So you have to practice, you have to perform, you have to have something. And that's kind of why I like using the Boss Jock app like I'm using today and um, just the, the iRig mic because I'm stuttering, I'm stammering. I had a rough outline in my head. I need to rehearse more. And, you know, if I listen back to this and can't stand the way I sound, I'll probably rehearse more. But it's one of those things where I could edit it out and make it sound perfect or it could come to you real, come to you quickly. And it could mean something. And that's really what I want, you know, all these episodes to be, but especially my music. And, um, you know, Joe, talking with Joe, he was using the Zvex Sonar Tremolo, which I'm going to be checking out here as soon as I possibly can. Uh, best price I seem to find it for is around 300 bucks, so it's going to be a while before I pick one of those up. But I'm obsessed with Tremolo, so it's probably going to happen at some point. <clears throat> all right, so guys, that really concludes this episode. That's all I got. Thanks for listening. Had a great time with this. Um, we welcome all your feedback. So, you know, head on over to signal2noise.fm. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, S-G-N-L, the number 2-N-Z. And then uh, facebook.com slash S-G-N-L, the number 2-N-Z. Same thing. You guys can check that out. I got the blog going. I got that going. Um, trying to really work out to start practicing more and getting some more blogging going. 
trying to get things scheduled out more. So hopefully I'll have more content going. It feels like I say that almost every time I do an episode. But um, like you heard at the top of the show and like I talked about in the middle of the show, castironring.com, lots of great other shows out there. I've, I've been on Iron City Rocks lately. I've also been on Radioactive Metal. We talked about all the festivals and things that we've done. And um, all the other shows out there just put out some great content. It's honestly too much for me to, to, um, to list through sometimes because there's so many great things going on. I can't tell you how many times I'm driving in listening to a podcast going, whoa, they had this guest on or something they talk about. You know, so if you want to hear some really good interviews, and these are not, these are not the interviews you're going to hear everywhere else. These are not, you know, those MTV interviews or that metal show interviews. These are interviews where you have fans and musicians talking to other musicians about their craft. And that, that right there sums up why I love the Cast Iron Ring Network. And for the shows that don't do interviews, for the shows that play a lot of music, for example, Carl, again, you have somebody who is passionate about music bringing you music that they have labored over to try and find the best of the best. Now, you may not not agree with it, you may not like the playlist, but I have a feeling you will, because I know I've been discovering some new things listening to these other shows here. There's a lot of great stuff out there, guys. So hey, until next time, make some noise. (laughs) 